I am ready to talk some shit, bro. Hey, there's so much shit going on now. We get we got Olympics fucking hype. We got NBA talking shit. Fucking. I was so mad. I missed the Trey Young show the other night. I was crushed when I realized. And then they're playing again today. Like they're playing Thursday or let's see. Wait, no, it'd be they Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah. And they're and they moved from Milwaukee to Atlanta. Yeah. This will be good. Uh, I've actually gotten into But it's like I, what? Actually, then they're going to take what? Four fucking days off? Well, uh Like no, they're they have to move them along because their series is so far behind the West. Because Phoenix just fucking ran through. Yeah, so Phoenix could close out again in the next game. Then you'd have Phoenix almost sitting a week, you know, a work week waiting for the East. I was really surprised when they hurried up and pushed that. Well, with Chris Paul kind of trying to figure out what's going on with his body, that actually might not be a bad thing. He's he, uh, well, none, no one played well last night, but we'll, we'll oh, get into it. I, I didn't even, I forgot there was even a game last night. Uh, Suns won, so they're up three, three nothing, three one, three, three one. one. Yep, and it's like it's some crazy. It's either fifty-two or like sixty-two and four when you're leading. 3-1. So, I mean, it's wow. almost a foregone that you're going to win the damn series. The last time that it happened, OKC, when the Warriors got them. Dude, the NBA's got to be freaking out. And then... Uh, you're looking at well, Phoenix and either Atlanta or Milwaukee for the finals? Not really the sexiest of... Uh, they got to be freaking out. Worst case, I guess, is Phoenix and Milwaukee. At least with Atlanta, you got that major market. You got a, a decent, right. maybe not hot on the Hawks, but you got that seems like it's a, like an NBA hotbed. Oh, sorry, it's a demographic down there. Absolutely. Oh yeah, we gotta talk about Georgia. Oh, we gonna talk about Georgia. following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This is your United States of America. This is Hitting the Marks, a podcast that's got topics for days, and it'll leave you in a haze. Hosted by two mother that like to talk about everything. News, sports, politics, pro wrestling, people jumping off buildings, taco shops, top ten lists, and more. It's got one guy who likes to get high on a lot of grass, and the other guy who got shot in the ass. And now, here's your host of the Hitting the Marks podcast, Jargo and RBV. It is Sunday, June 27th, 2021, and you are tuned into the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, for an all-new edition of the Hitting the Marks Podcast with Jargo and RBV. Rick, I don't even remember how to do the open. It's been so long since we've done this show. But Huckleberry, it is great to be sitting back down with you. It's great to be sitting inside of the 203. 
Huckleberry, welcome back to your show, bro. It's good to see you. Let's see. I can see if I remember, remember how to do this, because I think this is the only show that I really use this open on anymore. The, the true in blue deck to the, the foundation. Yes, it is me. It's me. It's set R to the B to the V. Richard Bronson, Vickery. And I got to say, it feels good. Oh, so good. Well, not that we were ever on the wrong side, but it feels good to be back on the right side of thought-provoking media instead of, you know, what what we're going to talk all about, the continued manipulative, misdirecting, just joke of a mainstream media that we are dealing with. Jarko, just sitting now waiting for you to hop on, hop on the line. I go to my timeline, and there you go. There's three or four things that just outrage me uh, that I cannot believe. And it's a simple case of, you know, responsible media uh, could, could absolutely fix this. I, I regularly on this show, since we we switched the format, getting away from uh, pro wrestling, and who would ever guessed that we would the show would even get more zany with crazier topics and outlandish storylines and characters when we moved away from pro wrestling to right. reality. It's funny because uh, it's true, right? You know, but I regularly talk about you know we can fix everything. If we get to the core and fix the education system, uh, I think right along there, gun control, the education system inside of itself, uh, issues in social classes, we, we got to straighten out this media. You know what, man? I guess we'll go ahead and just jump right into the show, right? Um, because it's been a while and I've got a lot of opinions and a lot of that. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's almost like a festivist, like a, a six-month festivist, right? Rather than waiting until December. We're going to go ahead and we're, we're going to get it out of the way here. The education system, right? You know, the, I, I always had this kind of belief, right, that when you the real leftist issues inside of this country, like those pushing the socialism and whatnot, they were located at your basically your power five universities, Right. You, you had cities like Iowa City, cities like Columbus, New, North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Like it's the big universities, UCLA, USC. Right. Those are the, the, the liberal hotbeds of America. And we always thought that it was OK because they were contained to these college campuses. What has happened that we didn't realize was happening is those hotbeds have grown and they are now called the human resources department at wherever you work at, right? Like those kids left the liberal universities, but they took all those principles. They took everything they learned at those liberal universities. And now they're trying to apply it to the real world. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a hell of a difference between your life when you are in school and life out here in the real world. Your utopian bullshit might work at UCLA when you're sitting around, you know, and everybody's in deep thought sociology class. But out here in the real fucking world, we got better shit to do than worry about your mammy pammy bullshit. And unfortunately, the mammy pammy bullshit has invaded corporate America and it, it, it happened so fast we didn't even realize it. Well, you know, it was all under the disguise of, of education. And how, how, and, and how you must you, you invest more here, you spend more time here. Oh, they didn't want to, you know, the idea of that higher education, even start out four year programs, two to four year programs, give you a set, you know, 
run rundown of skills to enter the real world to whatever whatever trait, not even trait or industry craft that you chose to go into. That was a doctor to you know a handyman. Right. That was what those those two to four year schools were set for. What do we see growing from that? You know, outside of you know something very advanced like medical or you know, our top engineers where hell you would even look at what well, those would even go maybe six, seven years tops. But now that's becoming everything now. But now, yes, now the norm is just for your liberal arts. One of the most BS degrees ever created. When you, when you talk about your links to your HR and your infectious cancers that we are seeing grow from these college campuses, that it's right there in your liberal arts. You know, that's where that core is at. But now that's taking you six years and then you got to go back for more study hell just for your doctors now you got to be there 12 years they've expanded uh, they expanded this thing here under the disguise of you absolutely need this to survive in society while they're leeching leeching you fi- you know sucking you dry financially you bet so so one puts you in a hole where you are uh, damn near never going to be able to climb out of thing in most of these damn degrees never going to have an opportunity to really see that true success that they promise you it was all a lie and then when you are out there on your own then it really starts festering inside you sinking into your mindset of this bs that you need a big brother government a big brother system whatever it might be to support you and now it's like I said it's it's an infectious cancer that has spread into corporate america well and when you look at it where's all the money come from for all these people to go to school for 12 fucking years right they're coming from your pell grants they're coming from government loans so who do you actually owe that money to if you default on that loan who comes after you it's the united states government it's the department of education so now the government basically freaking owns your ass and now they're encouraging more owning of the ass because they know no other world than to be under the thumb of the freaking government and they think that the answer is more freaking government we saw at that that press conference that joe biden had the other day to talk about gun legislature right i am not a gun person i am not a gun owner i don't go out and shoot guns I find it incredibly pointless. I, however, will support your right to own a gun. It's just not my thing. If I had it my way, we would ban all guns. Everybody would go back to carrying fucking samurai swords because at least it takes a little bit of talent to swing a fucking samurai sword. Any fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry six-year-old can pick up a fucking gun and start fucking shooting people. Let's go back to samurai swords. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Come on, bro. You, you know me. I, I'm not a gun guy myself. I, I can't even tell you. I, I know I have in over the course of my life at some point, but I can't even tell you the last time I shot a gun. Last time I held a gun. I agree with you. I, I don't. I, I know you have some people out there that absolutely just love going to the range. A lot of people love going more hunting. power to them. That right. is their constitutional right. I'm not I a gun never, person. I will never get in the way of that. I, I don't understand the allure with it. But you do know. Uh, you know, I am a little bit of a fanatic about studying and, you know, watching things about the old West. Oh yeah. Uh, and you talk, you know, it, it, there's this misconception that, you know, the wild West, everybody's just shooting it up. Actually, uh, what everyone was kind of carrying back there and you had different, just social codes was much, it was much safer. Right. And it, it well, and to say, yeah, it takes a lot of skill though, especially in your little shootout. Uh, you know, when you were a, a gunman back then, you know, it's, your win loss record, you had to be really. You, 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 no one, no one really tallied up a lot of in the in the loss column, uh, because you didn't have many after that. 
But now with it said, I will support your constitutional right to have a gun. I do think that the gun laws in this country could use a little bit of reform. And in fact, you know, I know crazy idea here. I think they need, they just need enforced. I think that the Japanese have it right. Right. Imagine that. I think the Japanese have it right. That's something I've never said on this show before. But I, the, the protocol to get a gun, to hold a gun inside of Japan is very, very strict. In fact, it's like a two year process even to get a gun. Once you get a gun, you have to undergo a psychiatric evaluation every year in order to maintain your license for said gun. If you want to buy ammo, you have to take your old ammo back to the ammo store so that you can buy more ammo like you take the empty casings back to the actual ammunition store so they know exactly how much ammo is out there and kind of floating it around it's a real pain in the ass to get a gun in japan but you can do it but guess what since it's a pain in the ass there's not a whole lot of gun violence in japan mostly because everybody's walking around and chopping each other up with samurai swords but regardless there's not a whole lot of gun violence in japan like you're caught you're talking like you know 10 to 20 gun murders inside of all of japan on a yearly basis because it's a real pain in the ass i'm not saying we got to go to that extent for you to get a gun but i think we could look at the at the gun laws but more importantly than that Joe fucking Biden comes out and gives a press conference the other day and his press conference is we're going to enforce the laws that we already have. Isn't that really what people have been asking for? And then we're going to hire more government to police those laws. And it's like the the answer to everything is more fucking money and more fucking government that we just don't need. Just enforce the fucking laws that are already there. Starting with, you know, number one, like background checks. Background checks are almost fucking everywhere. Just go ahead and federalize it. Make sure that somebody has to go through a background check in order to buy a gun. Fine. Dandy. More power to you. The problem is the crime is being committed by people who didn't go through background checks because they didn't buy the fucking gun legally to begin with. That's the problem. The problem's not the guns. It's not that there's too many guns. It's that there's bad people with said guns. And Joe Biden said nothing about the bad people. Nothing about, you know, actually enforcing the fucking laws and getting those bad people off of the streets. His problem is we're going to make it harder to buy guns. Well, guess what? The fucking criminals ain't going to the local fucking Walmart and filling out your fucking background check bullshit. You know, like we're looking at this completely the wrong way. More laws isn't the solution. Enforcing the fucking laws and getting the drug traffickers and the fucking criminals off the street is the problem. Not defund the police and make it harder to buy a gun. It's all fucking backwards, dude. Matt and Jargo, everything you laid out there makes a little too much sense. But, but brother, you you are violating social liberties and social rights by, oh. by profiling, my friend. You are profiling. Hey, I want to jump back to, to Japan. I mean, and that seems harsh as hell. Uh, and it seems very hectic for someone, to, you know, here in America, that is their their rights written into our Constitution to, to, to be able to own and hold their arms. Uh, I'm, I'm also going to go out on a limb here and, and, and say another major difference um solution potentially i don't see in japan where they have a fear-mongling media manipulating 
situations that there are absolutely that. terrifying individuals into these situations where they feel they need to resort to extreme gun violence. You want to, again, it goes back to the top of the show here. You want to start fixing it? Start with your damn media and what you are reporting. You have set such a divide between race, between social, between sex. All 72 of them are so afraid to even go out and look around because not of what they're going to do, but they have to do to protect themselves in that falls on our government and our manipulative mainstream media. Well, and it also falls on the liberal bullshit being taught at these colleges and universities. And it I, all ties together. Oh, it's it does. All sick, it's all a sick trifecta. It, it really does, man. And I was trying to figure out where in the hell this started. Right. Like that's, I've been consumed by this during our time off. I've been listening to like all kinds of like critical race theory books. I've been listening to like fucking Karl Marx books and like, I, cause I'm trying to understand this shit and it just doesn't make any sense. And the solution that I came up to, right. Originally I had this whole like hypothesis that critical race theory is basically no child left behind, but for adults. That, that's basically where we're at. And then I realized as I was listening to a book earlier while I was mowing the yard, it goes back even further than that. It goes back to the fucking 60s when they put affirmative action into place. The problem, you know what this country needs, man? And I can't believe I'm going to say this because I am like one of the most, I, like I, I understand, I'm fired up. I get emotional about shit. I scream and I yell, but I'm a pretty peaceful person. Like I'm not going around and I'm not causing all kinds of fucking trouble. I just want people to leave me the fuck alone. Right? That's, that's typically Jargo's way of life. Leave me the fuck alone. But you know what this country needs, Rick? We need a fucking war. Like a genuine, like global conflict. That's what this country needs. Because when we go to war, whether, whether it's World War I, whether it's World War II, whether it's Afghanistan, what happened after 9-11, the entire country becomes Americans. That's the only label that anybody gives a shit about. We're Americans, and there's that real pride in this country, right? The problem is now we are being put into groups whether it be left, whether it be right, whether it be gay, whether it be straight, whether it be LBGTQ, whether it be Indian, Asian, there's labels for fucking everything. And the more labels there are, the more divisive everything is. And unfortunately, bad news and spreading bullshit like that draws ratings. That's the reality. Good news doesn't sell newspapers, right? That was said way back in like the 1920s. Good news doesn't sell newspapers. We need bad news. What's going wrong? Because people flock to that. Good news, the problem is you have the story and then the story ends on a positive note and then the story is over. Bad news, we can recycle that bullshit every hour, on the hour, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and look at how bad it is. And that draws ratings. What saves so much, they've, they've equated it to ratings where they have found how you can add the entertainment value and the ratings are going to, are going to 
not not just equal. They're going to add to what was already established as their financial gains, their earning. The whole reason we had news created, and you're right, Charter, 100%, is you invoke that emotion. And what is the best emotion that you can pull strings on on someone as a puppet is absolute fear and, and panic. That's why we had news created. It is a yep. volume. It is a channel for control. That's absolutely what has begun since day one. You know, going back, you know, so many people now are acting like, oh, we've never seen anything like this, you know, during the last presidential election. They're trying to no. You go back to the very first election in this country, even beyond that, you know, before our country existed, but just in our country. I mean, it was all smear campaigns. Everybody, every candidate was fronting and funding their own newspapers to go after one another. And it was just who's can get the most widespread, who's going to be the popular and who's going to move up and sell a little bit more was going to control, control that stream, that outlet for getting their voice out there. So now you just have it personified that we are now more connected than ever around a damn world. Anybody who wants to try to tell me this country has never been more divided needs to go research the 1960s. You need to go back. You need to look at when John Fitzgerald Kennedy was elected. You need to look at his assassination. You need to look at the assassination of Martin Luther King. You need to look at the assassination of Malcolm X. You need to look at the Bay of Pigs. You need to look at the Cold War. You need to look at the Civil Rights Movement. I mean, the 60s were fucked, dude. People want to talk about, you know, peace, love, and dope. That's not what the 60s was. The 60s was fucking chaos, and this country was damn near at a civil war about it. Well, I was going to say, if you want to talk about what we've ever been more divided, there was a thing called the Civil War. Right. <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, the 60s is much more comparable because it's more modern. But you're, you're absolutely right. right. With the, the, the 24-7 news cycle with social media, with everybody being plugged in. And this is one of the things I really wanted to hit on. I, I, I think I can say this and not get fired and arrested for it. Right. Because this is an ongoing investigation. We had a police officer shot at a local gas station in a city called Coggin, right? Which is just north of Cedar Rapids. And our one engineer lives about 50 yards from this Casey's, right? So everybody up there in Coggin, very, very small town, is listening to the police scanners. And they have like a full description of this dude. They know his name. They know where he lives. They know like what the last thing that he had for breakfast. Like there's all this information out there available. We could not report at it on it at the TV station until three hours after that. Because we have to go through the appropriate channels and that things have to be confirmed by the Cedar Rapids Police Department before we can report it. So even though this information is out there in the open, available for mass consumption on police scanners, we, the media, can't report it because of the, the legal aspects that we have to follow i and i the one that really stands out to me and no, I'll, I mean, I'll never is that, forget is that it. written is that written in in stone across the board Do we you have to have for, it confirmed through multiple sources one okay, of them and, being and, the police you, department you you apply that to every story you're supposed to, at least at the local level. Well, I, I, okay, right. I'm asking, do you see that actually happening? Or, oh, yeah. But, I mean, at this point, dude, the so you, local— So you guys, you guys took three hours in confirmation for the Floyd case. Well, for uh, the Floyd case, that was all handled by national media. 
Okay. We didn't cover it. And that's become part of the problem. Your local Fox News, your local NBC News, your local CBS News, your local ABC News, they're not local news anymore. They're not actually doing reporting. The producers aren't actually producing shows. All they're doing is downloading national packages and they're running the same shit in Cincinnati that they're running in Cedar Rapids about a story in fucking Mississippi that nobody gives a shit about because your local news is now ran by national media. Which I think, you know, is kind of intriguing. I sent you a story last night as we were kind of getting ready for a record this afternoon. Is this the and Georgia it, thing? It, and it was a local issue where uh, a lady, uh, she was out, out and about there at a Mexican restaurant. Uh, and you know what? I'm not going to sit here and come completely to her defense on this thing. Uh, apparently, that she seemed intoxicated. Um I'd probably kick it back a few t- too many frozen margaritas. Who hasn't been there, uh, you know, on a, a Friday, Saturday, whatever the case might be. Uh, but she's in a conversation with another individual. Uh, there is a the debate back and forth here. If they were arguing, maybe there's conversating, they're having a good time, whatever the case might be here. A- another woman, another individual who has nothing to do with this first party takes out her cell phone and begins recording them. At this point, the first group, the first two ladies, the we'll call the, the margarita gals there, uh, they notice this. They, they don't they don't really want this lady in their in their business filming for whatever reason, personal violation of their space there. Uh, there is an exchange. Some slurs were were thrown back and forth here. So, but all you get there on the story, the clickbaiting on the social media is drunken misconduct, racial slurs you know, projected towards a 12-year-old child. You, you click into this thing and you begin reading it. You watch the video and it's like, well, this, no, this second party had no business being involved here. They were the, obviously the instigator. I'm not trying to excuse that anyone was using any type of slurs. Oh, by the way, get down about five paragraphs. You find out that everyone involved here is white. Uh, so immediately, though, when you hear racial slurs or slurs, you're censoring, you're hitting that that trigger for racial for a racial reaction. Nothing to do with it here. So I take to the comments there, and I and I say, hey, does anyone did anyone study this thing? Did anyone break this down and see what's going on here? This is a lady looking for attention. Should have been minding her own business. If we have a little bit more of that in our society, this would have been completely avoidable. But nowhere was I excusing the actions of the first group there. So I'm in a conversation with the field. They got to the point. The daughter of from the lady of the first group, who who was looks looks like she was a little intoxicated. That yelled out something she shouldn't have. She actually contacted me. Like I don't like I don't know where. Like what, what the hell? What am I supposed to do for here for you? And we started talking about it. So I tried to give her a little bit of advice. Well, it turns out that your your vultures, they they actually went to their house. They found out where Party One lived. Uh, they started harassing her job. She She's lost her job of 12 years. So I said, yeah, go lawyer up. You've got a suit here. Right. You have got something. I know that the employer is going to scream at will employment and all this. You get a half-assed lawyer. They're going to get some kind of settlement out of this thing for you. This is absolutely disgusting how they're manipulating this thing. But, but Jar, you're talking about we're getting these national stories. Another perfect example. Why, why do we have it plastered all over each of our local news? 
what the hell is happening in Georgia with a handful of idiots sitting outside picketing their state's unemployment. Yeah, you you sent me this story about these people that were down there picketing the unemployment, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm gonna look into this story a little bit, and then I found pictures, and holy cow, I mean, they aren't lying, man. It is a group of people, all five of them, all five of them. But that's worthy of national news, and I'm like, well, why in the hell does anybody care about this? Oh wait, it's in Georgia. And we have to tack this on to the whole voting law thing and, and, and everything else that's been going on down in Georgia. And it's absolutely insane, dude. I mean, they, they, the voting laws in the state of Delaware are harsher than the new voting laws in Georgia. Why is that relevant? Because Joe Biden has been representing the state of Delaware since the beginning of time. Like seriously, he's been there for 40 years. The voting laws in Delaware, look them up, are way more harsh than the new voting laws in Georgia. I mean, I saw a study the other day, Rick. 82% of Americans favor voter ID. 82%. And somehow, all 82% of them are racist. Like, the, the thing that is insane to me, and I brought this up months ago, is the way that they are talking about some of these African Americans in Georgia. Like, they're too stupid to go get an ID. They're, 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 they're too stupid to have power. You know, they're, they're not educated enough to be able to actually go to the voting place and and do it themselves. We have to have somebody go and and basically pick up their votes for them. Like, this is what they think of these people. And who are the racists here? Like, how many people do you know that function on a daily basis, day to day, that don't have an ID? I know a few that don't have a driver's license but they also have a state-issued ID because they don't have a driver's license. Hell, Sydney Irene has a state-issued ID because she refuses to drive. That's a new crisis that's going to be hitting this next generation. She's almost 18, refuses to drive. Why? I have no fucking idea, but it really pisses me off. Like, I shouldn't have to coordinate to go pick her up at this point. Like, she should just fucking drive here. She has no desire to drive. None whatsoever. But there's several of them in this generation that are just like, yeah, I have no interest in that. Like, what? You don't want to drive? I guess that's, a, that's, another, that's another topic on its own. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. When we do go back, we talk about just an example. You know, we'll use this, this small example since it is getting the national attention it is Georgia. And you said that you've seen a little bit of this in Iowa where they're having just some mini protests for this. Well, no, we're not getting the protests, but we passed the same legislation, right? Like, because this is all about the unemployment benefits. They're due to run out federally on September 1st, right? But there are no. So some of the states are starting to cut off. Like, like, oh, here in Ohio. Six states 
including okay, the state of Iowa. We've okay. all done this. That effective today, those unemployment benefits are gone. Get up off your ass, take your ass to work. Because I tell you what, I drive down the road and legitimately every single place that I pass has giant signs begging people to come work for them because they need employees because people are just sitting at home not going to work because of these unemployment benefits. So now 26 states have said, that's it. We're cutting it off. There's no more unemployment benefits. Your $300 a week, that shit is gone. Get off your ass and go to work. Where are we hearing about it? In one state where there's five people protesting in Georgia. Why? Because of the voting law in Georgia, because of the racial division in Georgia, because of people like Stacey Abrams in Georgia. That's that's just trying to oh, it's because everybody's racist. That's why the unemployment benefits, that's why they want to get rid of these unemployment benefits, because everybody is racist. They're trying to say the black people don't want to go to work. No, we're saying ain't nobody wants to go to work, whether it's the black people, whether it's the brown people, whether it's the white people, whether it's the yellow people, whether it's the red people. Hell, even the fucking illegal aliens don't want to go to work because we're giving them fucking money too. And it's the culture that they've cultivated. That's exactly what they wanted when they took office here is that you have to become dependent on that. You know, the reality of the situation is right now, and you're right, it is absolutely ridiculous. Drive down any busy avenue in any any town America, and you're going to see dozens of help on it. I, I post them weekly for my clients looking for help. I got guys at the Harbor House say, dude, keep posting. I say, I, I keep posting. I can't make them apply. And, you know, he's the owner. He's got to wear all these different hats and he's got to do 30 hours a weekend in the kitchen because you can't get anybody in there. And they're some of the greatest guys to work for a great summer environment. You're going to make tons of money there. Nobody wants to get into say, what what it really pops me sitting in traffic the other day and I'm looking at all these help wanted signs and the Walmart one. It it got me. We're always hiring. (laughs) We're always, we're constantly looking for someone because we can't retain anyone here. But here's the real issue inside of this right now. When, you know, we went through all this turmoil. Absolutely. It was devastating on everyone. You got to look at a positive coming out of things. There are jobs to be filled. There are, there is opportunity to be had. This is a chance that yes, let's say that you are poverty stricken, that you believe that you need an opportunity to go to that next rung on the ladder, to have a chance for you to ascend to the top of this mountain. This is your perfect opportunity because those better jobs are out there, but everyone is so afraid because you've had it beaten in your head even pre-COVID about these minimum wage jobs and you can absolutely not survive like that. There's jobs out there now that are paying well enough that you can go grab one of those. That's going to open up a management opportunity for you. That's going to have some some real education opportunities, not the BS we were talking about before that's actually going to teach you a trade that's going to let you go to further yourself. This is an opportunity to seize greatness for individuals, but your damn government keeps freaking stabbing you in the back, blatantly lying to your face, saying that you need them for survival. And the solution, as far as they are concerned, is more government. That's their solution. We need to put together committees. We need to have task forces. We need to do research. No, y'all just need to leave people the fuck alone. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Just leave people the fuck well, and, alone. And in, cre- and in creating this government, 
And I, I keep hearing this too. Well, you know, with expansion of government, means expansion of jobs. No, that just means for your good old boys club, where you're going Damn to right. bring in and you're going to double down and you're going to fatten all of your buddies' wallets. Those banks' accounts are going to swell up while you continue to allow the true Americans to fester, you know, under your just ignorance and tyrancy. In the meantime... Joe Biden, while he's not trying to uh, limit the amount of people that can sell guns, is uh, he, he had a quote, and I think everybody has heard it at this point. I don't have the clip. He threatened to freaking nuke us. Like, what the fuck, Joe Biden? Like, he basically said in the press conference, listen, it don't matter how many shells you got, how big of guns you have, we have F-18s and nuclear bombs. Like, that, you aren't uprising against the freaking government. Like, get rid of your Second Amendment bullshit. We have nuclear bombs. We have F-18s. We have tanks. You might have an AK-47. I'm happy for you. Like, it, it doesn't matter. I could not believe he said this. I mean, like, what, what the fuck, Joe Biden? Do, do you think that he that he realized he said it? I don't think so. Like, I mean, I'm just, and Rick, it's just, it's becoming this pattern now with Joe Biden. Like, did you see his press conference the other day where he started whispering, talking into the microphone? And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with Joe Biden? Hold on. It seems, it seems just asinine. It seems beyond absurd for him to make a statement like that. But really, talk about the the conditioning, the mind control that they are setting up for a good chunk of Americans that believe that they need the government to take care of them. So when he talks about the heavy the heavy ammo bringing out the full arsenal, you know, if he has to go to to air attacks, if he has to bring out, you know, the weapons of mass destruction somewhere somehow there are morons that have already bought into this thing that think Joe is talking about protecting them from people like us, what we're talking about. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And it's like, it's becoming this pattern. Like he had that, he had the whispering press conference the other day that was super freaking weird. He got owned by Putin. Like we haven't even talked about that, that whole freaking Oh, my God. So there was the G7 summit, which basically uh, Joe Biden has pledged that we're going to donate like 50 trillion dollars globally so that we're going to cure poverty in the, in the globe. Fifty trillion dollars. Where do you think all that money is going to come from? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Taxes. That's yeah. I'm not going to raise your taxes. You fucking liar. Have you filled up your gas lately? Holy shit. Just th- just think about that out there. Uh, that, that could be a lot of unemployment. Build back better. Yeah. You wouldn't have to go. You wouldn't have to go back to work if uh, he wasn't if he wasn't bailing out the world with fifty trill. Fifty trillion dollars, dude. You know, and and now they're they're trying to pass this infrastructure bill, that's absolutely freaking ridiculous. They got the Republicans to agree to half of it. Joe Biden, in in one breath, is like praising the fact that we got this this first half done, right? But now there's the second half. That Joe Biden wants passed. And this is the cultural infrastructure bill, right? This is the one that's going to to cover, you know, the, the a universal basic income. This is going to be for your child care. This is going to be for Obamacare. All these social programs, the social 
infrastructure. And the Republicans are like, yeah, that's the one that we're not going to do. And Joe Biden, basically, after praising the fact that we got this first half done, that it's being sent to Joe Biden's desk, Joe Biden says, well, if the other one doesn't come with it, I'm just going to veto it. Like, is there a bigger example of playing fucking politics? He praises it in one breath and then says, if you don't send me the second half, I'm going to veto it. Rather than getting this done, rather than taking care of our roads and our bridges and broadband, like the actual infrastructure of the country, we're in agreement on that. Bipartisan. We're sending it to Joe Biden's desk to sign it. And he says, nope, I will veto it unless you send me all this Green New Deal, social justice warrior, social infrastructure bullshit bill too. That's where we're at as a country. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, Joe Biden? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Hey, it's it's, it's literally his way or no highway. Yeah, literally, literally. And I think that the, the Democrats, I really think they'd like to get rid of Joe Biden at this point, because I, I think there is plenty to show that Joe Biden's going downhill, Joe Biden going downhill real fast. The problem is, if we get rid of Joe Biden, then we go to Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is awful. Like, did you see this trip down to the southern border that she took? Well, it was kind of the southern border. It was like 500 miles away from the southern border. It's that's like it's like me telling you, hey, uh, I'm going to go vacation in uh, Florida, but I stop in Kentucky. (laughs) She like at least Obama. I, I always said, like, people want to tell me that Obama was a great speaker. And he commanded the room, right? Like to listen to the man speak, he presented as presidential as fuck. Tell me one thing that Barack Obama ever said. He, But he was a good speaker. He didn't have to say anything, but he was a good speaker. He could talk around that. Kamala Harris doesn't say anything in any of her press conferences But she doesn't even present as vice presidential as fuck. Like, she just comes across as clueless, too small for the the size of the moment. Like, she just, and this is what ate her alive on the campaign trail when she tried to run for president. She is just not a good speaker. She is not a people person. People do not like Kamala Harris. And when all else fails and she gets nervous, she just, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. Sounds like the Wicked Witch of the West. Like, what the fuck is with that cackle? That's a defense mechanism. That's what that is. Kamala Harris. Like, they don't want Kamala Harris in there. We got to get rid of her, too. If I'm Kamala Harris, I'm avoiding bathtubs. I'm avoiding small airplanes. I'm sure as hell not getting on a boat because I think they're ready to take that woman out, too. Did you hear about Air Force Two, like, getting grounded when she went to fly to Guatemala? She got like just off the ground. They had to turn that plane around and reland it because there was something wrong with the plane. They out to get Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 you take them both out, and you talk about how the the, the then you're left perfect, with fucking Pelosi. No, uh, but I'm just no. No, we got what three more go arounds of this around the sun. But uh, no, I mean it's, no. They turned it into the ultimate martyr case. In the meantime, what is looming in the distance is the 2024 election. And Donald fucking Trump 
Rick, are, are we really going to do this? Are we going to re-elect a lame duck president? This just seems so counterproductive to me. Man, I, I got to disagree with you on this one in the sense I think this is the old magic, the old, uh, the old magic smoke and mirrors. Let's let's get it hot. Let's build it up here for two. Would you say we're building it back better? Mm-hmm. But then you pivot, and it's not him. We go to that next candidate. What we're doing here is creating that smoke and mirror to protect that next individual on that rise to be groomed, so it's not outed and they're attacked. Let them come at Trump because we've proven that they can't get enough of that. Oh, no, they love that shit. Right. So as they think that they're getting over on that. Going back to earlier, Trump draws ratings. We ain't talking about Joe Biden. We talk about Donald Trump because Donald Trump draws ratings. There ain't nothing to talk about with Joe Biden other than his cognitive decline. So we're just going to talk about Donald Trump. We're still talking. They still talk about Trump more than they talk about Joe Biden. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Well, I was really surprised at the lack of n- major network coverage from the rally right here in Ohio. Yeah, I was uh, a little surprised where, by where that it, too. It, it, it did kind of sound, you know, but it, it, I think that's a lot of reading, you know, people just excited for it because uh, still you see it. it, it I live what here in Trump country. I go that? to the track and I always, you know, I, I question, okay, guys, it's again, it's time. put Take down the Trump flags. What, I, we get it. What was the purpose of the Trump rally? Was it was it like trying to rally for DeWine or like why was he there? It is. It was an overall call. That now is the time to begin the movement that we need to take back all forms of government. We, the, 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 it's the beginning of the push for 2022. The Republican. Yes, that's what it really is about, to begin there and then look forward towards the presidential. And I think it's a lot of people just making assumptions that he's going towards it. Nowhere really does he blatantly come out, but he, but he, but in his tones, you know how he delivers. He's a character, how over the top he is in his delivery and his presentation. It's easy to jump to that. Again, I think it's smoke and mirrors. They realize, we we talked about this before, where we think it, it, we both agreed it's time to move off of Trump. It's time to evolve the party. And you have to, that that is absolutely necessary if you want to go forward. Unless you want to end up as a lame duck as as the Democrats are for the Republicans, they need to evolve right now. They got to get, they got to get trendier. They got to look like the times they got to feel like the times. And Donald Trump is not that. No, that doesn't necessarily mean that he still can't be a part of it, that he cannot, you know, be recognized in helping transform the party and help it move forward. He's absolutely done that. But for the future, he is not the answer right now. I think though, He's absolutely smart enough where he is positioning his chess pieces. He can sit there and take these blows. He can take the shots. He can stand there with the big boys, handle all this, Why the party is grooming and positioning those next candidates that are going to represent their party before they get exposed and start getting attacked with all these, you know, false negatives that we've seen that they come with Trump at. Now you talk, oh my God, I would love right now, again, Sleepy Joe, Crazy old Uncle Joe there talking about nuking his own people. If he if he actually and, and no, believe me, it's it's funny to talk about. But there's no way in hell he actually meant what he was saying. That he even knew what he was saying. He's it's proven got, it's gotten that to the point. It's track. not funny anymore. Like it's really kind of scary. Well, I think what you makes know, it really like, scary is we could have laughed at it before, but then when you when you physically see 
And we talked about it regularly here. And if you paid any attention to it, these other world leaders are just absolutely mocking him at this point. Dude, Putin destroyed him. Destroyed him. There is no respect from any other world leader. If anybody wants to know how the Putin and Biden summit went, I mean, go back and look at the media coverage starting on Monday leading up to them meeting and shaking hands on Wednesday morning. On Wednesday morning at like 6 o'clock in the morning here, we had to do an emergency cut-in to our local newscast because Biden and Putin were going to shake hands before they entered this building where they went and spoke. Look at the media coverage then coming out of the meeting and how quickly they tried to bury that story. This did not go well. I'm surprised from the get-go that Putin didn't know sell him, even oh, on the Putin handshake. just owned his ass, dude. Wait, we're going back to the nuke conversation. Dude, I could see Trump coming out in the near future and talking about, well, if that's his plan, then I need to start developing nukes for the people. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, like, anybody who runs against Joe Biden, if, he, if they tried to run Joe Biden in 24... They they absolutely will not. That would be insane. The amount of audio clips and stuff that they are going to pull to use against Joe Biden is just insane. And we're only six months in. There's three and a half years of this shit left. It's crazy, dude. It's it, It's fucking crazy. And now I don't know where the country is going. Because we're, we're so focused on these groups of people, right? We're, we're trying to pacify groups of people. We want groups of people to be equal in all ways, which I'm still waiting for them to make me equal to LeBron James, both in bank account and in ability on the basketball court. Um, I, I don't see equality working there. And the reason that equality doesn't work is because this country has never been about equality. It's about equal opportunity. But the country focused on you as an individual, what you excelled at, what you took interest in. And they tried to cultivate that. And we produced some of the very best people in all of the fields known to mankind because we embraced the individual and pushing the individual. As we push for equality and we group people together into as many groups as we possibly can, we have completely lost the individual and embraced the mediocre because nobody excels at anything because it has to be equal. The definition of equality is for equal opportunity. Not true utopian equality and the standard that they're trying to apply it to. Until we get back to focusing on the individual rather than all these divisive groups, I don't know where it goes from here, man. It's it's the running with the back of the herd mentality. Yeah. It really is. It, it, you slow you slow everyone down. You know, America again, it, it's you nailed it. it is built on opportunity whether it's affirmative action no child left behind critical race theory it's all the same bullshit all it does is put people in groups and divide people 
you start corralling people off into groups. You, you start muddying waters between actual definitions of words and, and purposes and of what the fundamentals and foundations of what this country, you know, it, it, everyone would have an opportunity to to grab your piece of happiness, your piece of land and cultivate that. That's what the country was about. Not about making sure that your little patch of land was exactly the same as the patch of land next to yours. It was about what you could make of your own. And it wasn't, it, it's great. You know, it's certain, and I want to come off as heartless because we do need each other in certain times to come together to help one another as a whole. But again, when you are continually slowing down the entire herd to keep up with those that are capable that just want to sit in the back, you have completely lost your direction. You've completely lost your focus and you completely lost a hope for a brighter future. Well said, well said. You want to talk about COVID at all? Or are we just, nah, we're, we're, we're good that. with that, right? Like, Fuck that, yeah. We're done with that, right? Like, We're done with it. That's how the Americans feel. Like, when's the last time you saw somebody wearing a mask? Uh, I we know what's funny. It, okay, I was gonna say you know fuck that. Last last time we were talking about that. Since then, hell, you you, you bought a house. Uh, I opened a wrestling promotion, so we are we are beyond that. But I was using uh, Uber recently, and and I, I understand because you know they are a, a national global whatever company. I don't know where or how right. far they go. At least national. Uh, but yeah, every area is a little bit different. Some states still require those things. So I, I wasn't like turned off or surprised when I saw my alert. Please, you know, please make sure you have your mask on. Sit in the back, parallel to the driver. If possible, crack your window. Hmm. I didn't think it was going to be serious. Well, when it popped up, I was like, ah, shit, I didn't bring a mask with me because we no longer have to wear those in Ohio. And right. I, I just don't have to carry it with me. So I was kind of worried if they would allow me in the car Ah, we don't give a shit about that. <laughs> yeah, about the only people I see in mass are like food delivery people, some employees at some stores. I, I think uh, my aunt. But like uh, casually, she, I I haven't seen a mask in the wild in a while. Yeah, my my aunt she works at a um like an on-site stay there, like nursing home, like where they have like, it's it's like beyond just like the home itself. They have like a little town. They have like their own townhouses, things like that. They still have to wear them because you are de- still dealing with, uh, I don't know, you know, the percentage that are vaccinated there and whatnot. She isn't vaccinated. So she, that, that probably has to deal with it as inside of itself right. and all that. So, so uh, yeah, you look at something like that, but, you know, going out and about, uh, I guess it's kind of nice that if you happen to sneeze or cough that, you know, you're not looking, you know, like you've got the plague <laughs> you're spreading around, but there, there is a problem afoot though, because our friends to the North are knuckleheads. Um, they're still having a lot of problems up there in, in Scandinavia, right? Like the things have, are, are not on the level up there in Canada at this point, they're, they're still in lockdown territory, but there's a lot of them that got the AstraZeneca vaccine up there in Canada because it was approved inside of all the British, you know, kind of territories and whatnot. Of course, it was never approved for emergency authorization use here in the United States. So now they're talking about when they do open up the border, the Canadians, they can't like go to Broadway and stuff. 
because they're not vaccinated in the eyes of the United States. They're going to have to get another fucking shot because we never approved the AstraZeneca vaccine to be used in the United States. So if you got the AstraZeneca vaccine and you're planning on coming and doing some tourism here in the United States, uh uh-uh. Nope, you're going to have to get another shot and or prove that you are COVID negative before we'll even let you into the country. What kind of stupid bullshit is that? Uh, If anybody listens to us in Canada, probably Joe Moran, that's it. But uh, there's there's nothing here for you. You don't even need to come down here. It's it, and I'm not saying that because of the uh, the beef that I personally have with the with the the Great White North. But why? What what is there even a need for to even be traveling for right now? With how just jacked up everything is. Well, we do have sports going on here in the United States. We're going to talk about them right after this. <laughs> Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hami Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hami Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top-rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The two-man power trip. Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, the beautiful people. And now, the Larry Hankin stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at thebrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's got to be Russo'sBrand.com, bro. Again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at HMG. And now it's time to be entertained. All right, back from the HMG break. Huckleberry, are you ready for HTM Sports? I hope you're ready for HTM Sports because, brother, I got to tell you, ever since we bought the house, I ain't had no time to sit down and watch sports. I'm trying to keep up as best I can. Hell, I'm supposed to do a podcast with the guy who runs our our Dynasty League for fantasy football because we're coming up on our, our football draft. And I'm like, dude, I have no idea. I have no idea. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, I have no idea. 
No idea because I just have not had time to sit down and look at this crop of rookies coming into the NFL this year. I haven't had a whole lot of time to sit down and watch the NBA playoffs. And Huckleberry, you know how much I love the NBA playoffs. But once the Lakers got eliminated, I was like, well, fuck that. That's not a priority anymore. You know what? That That's kind of all right. That's when you pass the baton off, because as soon as the Lakers went out, my interest in the NBA went to an all-time high. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. This is going to be great. I mean, I, I regularly, I check the box scores. I've watched the, you know, the the highlight clips. That's where that. I'm I at make now. sure I check the standings. But as soon as LeBron went bye-bye, oh. for whatever reason, I didn't think about it. It, it clicked in me. I think I've watched every game. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. It, it, impressive. Well, and a lot of it is too. I mean, it, and I know they we, they had the revamped season. Uh, we had the shortened regular season schedule. They tried something a little different in in the playoff system. Let, let's start with that before we jump into what we got left and where we kind of handed it off inside of the playoffs. What did you think of the the seven, eight, nine, ten? Was that it? Seven, eight, nine, ten play in? Right. Yeah, the play in tournament. I hated it. I hated it, and I hated it because, you know, the, the Lakers were in the play-in tournament. The Golden State Warriors were in the play-in tournament. Uh, and, and I'm watching these games, and I'm just like, this is freaking pointless. Like, I hate the entire idea of the play-in tournament. Like, just seed them off of their record. You know, like at this point, I'm even ready to do away with the conferences. Like, let's just put everybody together in one pool. Like, get rid of the East and the West? Yeah. Because there's such a, 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 a difference between the East and the West. I mean, look at the Knicks, right? The New York Knicks had no business being in the playoffs if they were a Western Conference team. They would have been at the very, very bottom of, of the line for making the playoffs if they were a Western Conference team. Instead, they were like the four seed in the they East. They were the four seed. And, and I, I see, I can get down with me, and they, they really have kind of eliminated the different conferences but inside the east and the west i do got to disagree with you i do like the split so that you had the the each because each league kind of represents something else and you make sure that you're getting representation in these major markets where you could blow out in, in a certain case could eliminate all your major markets that's true if you went to one you know everybody you know potluck sort of style I, I i don't think that's that's good for even you know honoring the tradition of the game and i think what you should do is probably try to find some incentives where the east is trying to get more competitive with the west i don't know who's are but I, you know just dissolving that breakdown i i don't essentially agree with but i am with you on and i think especially for when you got into this, and to explain, I guess maybe someone that's like, what the hell are these guys talking about? Traditionally, in the East and the West, the top eight teams would make the postseason for a total of 16. And it, very simple. If you were the one seed, you played the eight seed. If you were the two, the seven, and so on. And you would work through each each side, the East and West, till you got your champions of each, and they would battle for the NBA championship. What they did this year is there was a, a play-in bracket between the seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 seed, where if the set it was even more confusing where it just wasn't okay these teams are going to play if you were the seven and eight you had to lose twice if you were the nine nine and ten you could lose once so you're over if you're someone who's just tuning in hey you know what i happen to like basketball 
Right. What the hell is this? Right. I mean, look what look what it did to hockey. You go over and look at their playoff system right now. They do do it where okay, they got people from all over. All right, if you're in this conference, you guys are going to play each other. Now we're going to reseed. They're all over the place. What the hell they're doing? You have no idea what's happening in hockey. So to keep things simple, instead of trying to add these teams, it's going to add them. To at least keep it fucking simple. The only thing I'll say about hockey is at least the Montreal is in it. And so all of the Canadian fans are happy because Montreal yeah, they, they finally they finally have somebody back in there. So yeah. it's been a while, I think, before they had that since they've had representation. And when did uh, Tampa Bay become like the sports hub of the world? I mean, you got the Buccaneers down there, the defending Super Bowl champs. You've got the Tampa Bay Lightning down there, the defending Stanley Cup champs. And now they're going for a back to back cup. I mean, like, when did Tampa Bay become, like, the sports mecca of the world? Even the Rays are good. I was going to say, aren't the Rays in first? Or they're right. Hovering like, right around there. Uh, Tampa Bay you know, used uh, to be about strip clubs and industrial metal. And now, all of a sudden, it's become, like, you know, the great A central sports town, man. You got you got our boy Paz down there hanging out with Hulk Hogan. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's the place to be in sports. Well, you know what it's all about. There's it no is, state is in the base. Is the bay? There's no state income tax in Florida. I mean, that's the reason. Like yeah, all the what, Miami what teams, is, there's no reason it, they're so bad. I was gonna say, well, I was, why is it so hot in Tampa? I mean, why are we hitting? Why is Jacksonville so bad? Well, the Dolphins been struggling, although they are on the upswing. The Jaguars are a little different because they're in northern Florida, so the weather is a little bit different, and it's not nearly the and, strip club and, capital that Tampa Bay is. Well, and Jacksonville's not really the hub for entertainment where you want to no. go. I mean, you, you want to go down to South Beach, and you got development there in the Tampa area. So, yeah, it's it's not the hotbed uh, of what's happening in Florida. Uh, but yeah, but right now, I I've, I've been enjoying the NBA playoffs. Uh, I've been I've been hooked on this thing. I love this series here between the Suns and the Clippers. I don't know why I've never had a personal issues with the Clippers. I think it's just because they're from LA. I am really enjoying the Suns. Did you on see them. Ty Lu? Shout out, you know, to to the old Cleveland days, right? Ty Lu, he does not understand why Lakers fans are not pulling for the Clippers. It's like really, dude, you you don't understand. Like you you think it's all like rainbows and unicorns in Los Angeles between the Clippers and the Lakers? No, no. You're on one side or you're on the other. Like, no, fuck the Clippers. Nobody likes them. Why don't we have a dog in a fight? I think it's just because they are LA. So I'm rooting for Phoenix. I'm rooting for Phoenix because the CP three. I mean, I, I want to see Chris Paul get to play in the finals and hopefully when you go, yeah. Uh, then you, you go to the other side there. You've got Milwaukee, you got Atlanta. Uh, that game one, Trey Young coming out there. You, you talk about uh, just an incredible forty-five plus points, just domination. Like it's you know it's it's the the rising the shooting star. Then the Bucks, you know, who have been there, they've they've been trying to get through, bust through that wall for a couple of years now. They're they're kind of just that that throwback to the Celtic days, that blue collar, and they got past Brooklyn. Down. I mean, like that was that was it, yes. right? Like yeah, you, you had to get past well, Brooklyn. It, it, you go back to that last round, you know, and they were great series. I mean, how many game sevens did we you know? We had three of the four that went to game seven in that. You know, only the Suns that really were taking care of business. I did watch the end of game seven between Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Um, I felt awful for Kevin Durant. 
Like you go off for 48 points and then you have that that shot there at the end to tie it up. They they were saying that it was for three and for the win, but it wasn't. His foot was on the line, clearly. That was only for two, and then he airballs it. But it was like, dude, like that guy played like 52 minutes in that game, gave you 48 points, and he was just gassed. Like he was literally in the hospital after that game because he was just physically exhausted. Meanwhile, Kyrie Irving standing over there, you know, debating critical race theory rather than playing fucking basketball. Jesus well, fucking Christ. There, there you go. I mean, now, and I think that's what I think that's what the appeal is for anyone right now with the NBA is you're seeing a lot of these prima donnas, a lot of these that want to talk about everything else going on in the world except for basketball. They're pretty much gone. What we have right now are people that are competing for a championship. You're seeing some hustle up and down. You know, last night, uh, it, believe me, it was it was it was not your NBA slam jam up and down points galore. Uh, it was a bad shooting night, but they were they were hustled on defense. I mean, it, it was a struggle to pluck you get a win into in the, the conference Suns. finals. Man, defense wins championships. The scores drop about twenty points a game when you start getting into this point of the playoffs. I, I you know, the Suns won last night and only had eighty four points. That tells you, <laughs> you, know, what, you know, where we're at on this. I mean, that that's how tough it was. Uh, the Clippers. All, I mean, the Clippers wow. came out first half. I think they were like, I, I want to say it was like four for 22 from three point or something like that. So, I mean, they're playing from behind, but it's been, it's been exciting. You kind of said on, on the B roll though, if you're the league, you are, you are crapping your pants yeah. at the possibility here of Phoenix versus Milwaukee or Atlanta, I guess, best case scenario, Phoenix in Atlanta, at least you have that hub Atlanta, that market, right. that demographic that is invested in your sport. Uh, you Man, just don't see a whole rough. lot of people in Milwaukee clamoring no. <laughs> to, to follow anything NBA. No, uh, it, it, and I'm not even really sure Phoenix. You know, with that older demographic, the retirement kind of villa right. out there. Right. You know the how important how important it is to them. So we're it's going to be interesting, and then all just the turnoff. And the backlash you've seen from sports, but especially the NBA, it's going to be interesting to watch where their ratings go for their finals. What did you think of the Valley Oop? Was that like the coolest freaking play in like the history of the NBA? An alley oop to win the game, the Valley Oop. I mean, because immediately, it, like you get the name built in and everything. You know, it was just like that. That's going to live forever. The Valley. That's, that's, your, that's your marketing right there, man. That's that. That's good stuff. I'm pulling for Phoenix. Um, I, I love me some Chris Paul and, uh, I, I do enjoy me some Devin Booker. Um, and of course I'm pulling for Atlanta. Trey young is something else, man. I love watching that kid play basketball. And I have a theory. And this is, this is like one of those cosmos conspiracies, right? So last year in the bubble, the Lakers won the championship, right? Obviously we know the connection with Kobe, and the Lakers. It only made sense that the Lakers won the, the chip last year. This year, Atlanta and Trey Young, Trey Young was well noted as Gianna Bryant's favorite basketball player. Now, I'm not saying that the Atlanta Hawks are a team of fate, but 
Trey Young's been balling out of his freaking mind. I look at those box scores, I watch those highlights, and it's just Trey Young left and right, left and right. Hell, the other night he only scored like, you know, 18 points, and he put it all on him. Like they were all over him, like stink on well, shit. Yeah, I was gonna say they they beat on him. They and they know they know to go at him. It's gonna be interesting to see how how it plays out. As we go forward, they know they got a pound on him, and he's gonna have to rise above that. My only thing with him is you see. He needs backup. On- he needs backup. I, all these teams have at least two guys. Like Phoenix has got, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. LA has got Kawhi and Paul George. You look at Milwaukee, they got Giannis and Chris Middleton. In Atlanta, there's Trey Young. He well, needs, he needs about, somebody. Well, with Trey Young, he doesn't have that set number two. But what's cool about, you know, there is he's got like two or three number threes right. that could step up at a certain time. And that's yep. what he's going to need. I'm looking a little bit beyond that. You're still looking at that floor. I'm looking at a superstar in a make, and I'm looking at a guy that could be the next star in that league. Got to get an image consultant. Got to change that look. Got to look like a superstar, yeah. dude. You still look like a kid. Yeah. Well, he is still a kid. That's I, the thing. I know, but you got to come to your own. I mean, you, I'm not going to, I will sit here and one thing to defend LeBron. He's always looked like a star. Yeah. He's always learned how to carry himself. Nobody remembers Kobe with a fro. You remember the Mamba, the the, the sharp dressed Mamba, baby, right. and that's when you're when you're all business. Uh, you go back, you know. That's true. Jo- Jordan, when he was young, would say, "Dressed you know, to the but, nines." Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Be that well, superstar. You, you look, you look like a star. You're going, you're going to shine like a star, and that's what that's what he's got to get there. I, when I look at him now, it's like, man, he's, he's, there's still that raw belly. He still looks like a kid. Got to get that image consultant. I'd say get the hell out of Georgia, get the hell out of Atlanta. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that too. But I mean, Atlanta could be a good market. Atlanta should be a good market for the NBA. You know what I mean? It's just. I I think we're talking about everything when you look at the state as a whole and what now that you got that political, you got that the, the lines of cross between politics, sports, reality, whatever the case might be here. I don't know if it's a, a right situation for you. I'd tell you where if I was him, I'd go I'd take my ass to the Big Apple if I could. Atlanta really, really strikes me as a baseball town. Like the Falcons are, yeah, you know, yeah, we like the Falcons and yeah, we, 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 we like the Hawks, but like they really rally behind the Braves. Like Atlanta is very much like a baseball town. Well, you, you know what? They might be a baseball town, but they're not an all-star town. No, 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 they certainly are not. Um, the other, th- I, I think they would really like, if I'm the NBA, I got to be hoping for Chris Paul as that centerpiece superstar that we can market as the face of the NBA finals, the legend trying to get his ring. And then you have Devin Booker and you have Trey young, two of the biggest up and coming stars in the league. Devin Booker really carries himself that way. Um, And I think, you know, having Chris Paul in the locker room is, is a big part of that. Having that senior leadership. I really, I, I, I'm so torn, man, because I want to see Trey Young and the Hawks win this whole damn thing. But I kind of want to see Chris Paul get a ring. Like, I feel like Chris Paul deserves a ring. I know we're like against the deserves thing on this show, 
But man, after everything Chris you know, Paul been through. They, no, then he will have earned it. Yeah, that motherfucker damn sure earned it. Should have had one 10 years ago because he should have got traded to the Lakers in 2011, and I'm still not over it. Neither is Magic Johnson. Heard Magic Johnson talking about that the other day. Could you imagine? We would have had Dwight Howard, we would have had Chris Paul, and we would have had Kobe Bryant. You would have had Kobe playing with that true point guard that he never had. Oh, it would have been so good. You, you know, you, you lay it out here. You know, just like in professional wrestling, uh, sports needs stories. It needs personas. It, it needs to to invoke emotion. Uh, the, the, you know, here, if anyone, I'm pleading with the with the NBA, stay off the political shit. Ask people like LeBron James to keep his mouth shut for the rest of the playoffs and tell the stories that you just told, Jarko. Tell tell about the guy who had an opportunity taken from him, his journey. And talk about the mentorship. You know, talk about on the other side about how you got this this kid that's looking to break through to be a superstar. Truly highlight what, the game of basketball, the fundamentals, and check the other BS at the door. And again, please ask those superstars that have already exited the dance. Shut the fuck up. Thank you. Stay off the dance floor. You, you don't need. You don't get to make any more requests to the DJ. Your dancing is done. Or do they want Milwaukee in there just for the international connection with Giannis? Uh, it, you know what? There's even if Milwaukee gets in, I know I, I know we're kind of dismissing them because we, what we're hoping for. Well, they're just a, uh, they, they seem like a really boring team. Uh, again, like, there's but nothing you, sexy got, about Milwaukee. They, you're right, man. They're those mid '80s Boston Celtics. Well, I teams. think you you have to highlight that inside of itself. Uh, Use that as a case. You know, you've got all these states. And I say, you know, you don't want to get the political, but you can don't blatantly come out and say it. Be like, you know what? This is blue collar. This is a team that likes getting to work. So you suddenly drop those things in there without blatantly saying, oh, this is some kind of racial fucking right? discrimination, something, you know, or whatever the case, sexism, gender. You know, this is a violent. The NBA finals are a violation of gender 42. No, talk about the positives. Talk about the basketball. Just talk about the basketball. Jesus. What a what a what a crazy concept. I know, right? Anything else going on in the world of sports you want to talk about? Other than well, like brother, the, uh, no hitters left and right. We got we got managers accusing pitchers of using all kinds of foreign substances and trying to start fights and getting thrown out of games. I, I had like I in mean, some of the reactions, the, uh, the pitcher that pulled his pants down the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus uh, you know, we were sailors for a later conversation. We're going to have plenty of Olympic talk coming up is that's around the corner. We're uh, just oh, yeah. a, about a month away from the opening ceremony, two weeks of uh, the world's finest competing in the Olympic you games. Know, you know what I'm excited about with the Olympics not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I heard on one of the sports shows I was listening to this week that everything, as far as the venues go, is going to be at 50% capacity and the people are not going to be allowed to cheer. All they can do is clap their hands and stomp their feet. I'm like, so the entire world is going to get the feeling of what a New Japan show has been like for the last six months. I'm very intrigued, like... How that is received? Interesting. I picked. Well, I was going to say, what uh, more, more of a fitting place to be than than Japan, Japan, right? Yeah. 
Uh, but I'll tell you, looking forward to all that. And, you know, right uh, right here, I'm sure we'll maybe have a little coverage on the HTM network. We dual feed it, but it will, you know, be a part of the HMG, the High Mean Media Group. We're going to have coverage coming at you. Uh, as Jargo has dubbed the show, Passing the Torch podcast, which your Olympic coverage for the HMG. We're going to try to come at you. I think, you know, to really keep the coverage up about every other day, I'm going to have, I'll be, you know, my hands on the wheel, but I'll have different people riding shotgun with me to kind of jump in and kind of spearhead the events that really jump out today. I think what'd you call it, Jargo? Uh, Beach volleyball, beach volleyball. That's my game, man. I love watching me some beach volleyball. I don't care who it is. I don't care what country it is. I don't care if it's men's. I don't care if it's women's. There is something about two on two volleyball on a beach that I just freaking love it. I love it. I think uh, it, it, believe me, it's one of my favorites. One of my favorite events there. I, I might, I might handcuff you in to a little bit of indoor volleyball coverage as well. Cause I don't ever have anyone really step up to it, but we'll, we'll do the volleyball. I enjoy me uh, some I, volleyball. You we bet. got some people lining up for some other events looking for that, but Hey, from, from the record here, one week away, you want to talk about WrestleMania, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the Olympics, all rolled into one. It is the 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. It is the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. You know what that means. It's the RBV's Worldwide Watch Along. We're going to be coming at you next Sunday, July 4th. We're going to get rolling now around 1045, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern to bring you all that coverage. I'm going to be joined by Rad Rob. He's going to he's going to kind of ride shotgun with me as well as we take you through the the absolute complete and finest in foodie commentary. We're looking forward to that one. Very nice. I'm uh, I'm throwing you a birthday party on set. We're, we're, what are we doing? We're, we're having a housewarming party here at the house. I'm having like all the family and everything over. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. So that's going down on Huckleberry's birthday. So it's kind of Huckleberry's birthday party, even though he's not invited and he's not going to be here. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I have to fill up that. If, if I got a chance, I'll take my rig with me and I'll just stream in. For hey, there a you go. Bit. Yeah, we can, we can hook that up. I got enough uh, monitors and TVs. We can get you probably going all throughout yeah. the house. I actually, uh, I got a, a, a cool day planned. Um, hopefully in the morning, I'm going to go with my mom to a local market where they've got, uh, you know, some local vendors and things like that. Last time we were there, we picked up some pretty cool goods, barbecue sauces, and they got these, these awesome homemade pickles, man. These things were like like potato chips. Uh, we got the bread and butter. I want to get some hot ones. We're gonna, I'm going to do that in the morning. In the afternoon, the local VFW is having a salute to veterans, and they're, they're bringing in some pretty cool uh, aircraft. Like, they're bringing in, like, a helicopter, all this stuff so it is nice. some memorabilia checking it out and then in the evening i will be at ascend pro wrestling kicking back uh relaxing as a fan it's an adults only show Very nice so th- there will be plenty of uh but i'm gonna have to take it easy because then i gotta be up early on i'm i'm on hopeful Sunday. of course uh, huckleberry's birthday is saturday my birthday is friday and uh, i i pulled the most jargo thing ever Dude, I should have. We should have left with this. This is like the most Jargo thing. So <clears throat> we, we got to get a new TV for for the living room upstairs, and I wanted at least a 55 inch TV because that's what we, we've had in the right? So I get to looking at these TVs, and they're too deep because the mantle above the fireplace in the new living room is only eight and a half inches. 
And most of the TVs these days are 12 to 13 inches, and a lot of them go all the way up to 16 inches. I'm like, shit, what the fuck are we going to do? So in the most Jargo thing ever, we're putting in a projector and a projection screen, and it's gonna, we're going to have a 92-inch TV in the living room. Full 4K hooked up to the fire stick and whatnot. So go big or go home. I'm hopeful that that's going to be here on Friday, and that's going to be my, my birthday present is installing a 92-inch projector screen and projector. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That should be awesome. We're, 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 we were in the middle of painting it this morning. So, uh, yeah, good shit. Good shit. The box showed up for the projector screen today. Oh, my God, it's like a six-foot wall. All right, man. Well, I guess that'll uh, wrap things up for this week's show. You can find the Huckleberry at the Real RBV on social media platforms. You can find me at Not Jargo. Follow the brand at HTM underscore Pod. Huckleberry, anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? You got it. All right. Well, oh, I, I one more thing. One more thing. At some point, I think this show is going to go to a video format. So. If you oh, want to really? watch along, if you want to watch along, if you want to I've see only been asking that for like a year and a half. Well, now that I have the new studio, I can actually do that, you know? So we're working on it. We're working on it. So we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. You can watch along live. You can watch us on video. You can listen to us in your ear holes. Hittingthemarks.com. Just search Hitting the Marks on your favorite podcast listening device. That is it for this week. We will try to have a new show next week. We'll try. I mean, because, you know, life is fucking crazy, and you never know when I might just accidentally uh, cut my will. cord, right? We will. We will. We got, we got to get back on track. We, we took time to move and start wrestling companies, and now we got to get back well, on you, track. You never know when I may accidentally cut the cable outside while I'm trimming the weeds. Jesus Christ. Literally, literally cutting cords around here. What a fucking cord. day. What a fucking day. That's hey, it for this week's show. All right. We'll talk to you next week. For now, we're off like a progress. See ya. Watch your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. You're bad guy.